0: Welcome to the Providence Health Coaching Podcast. My name is Colleen Kuhn, registered dietitian and health coach. And my name is Will Bruce, and I am a certified personal trainer and health coach. This podcast is focused on helping you create sustainable lifestyle changes by first identifying your values and needs, and then transforming your goals into action. In this podcast, we'll discuss all the things you need to know to succeed with making healthy lifestyle changes. We'll cover behavior change psychology, effective goal setting, and how to stay motivated, as well as healthy nutrition, exercise, reducing stress, losing weight, and more. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Healthy Bites podcast. Colleen Kuhn, registered dietitian, health coach here. I will be your host today. And today we're going to be talking about the dark and dangerous sides of wellness culture. Wellness culture and diet culture, these movements really do have a dark side. And they often promote this idea that certain health conditions are less than and in need of a cure in order to be accepted by society. We're living in a society that is haunted by this idea of wholeness, of perfection, of finally attaining and getting into a body that walks around as quote unquote normal and well. But what if this standard is actually unattainable and creating more harm than good? Just like Disney movies have lied to us about love, diet culture and wellness culture is lying to us about our food, health, and wellness relationship. So let's get into it. There's this term called healthism. That's a tongue twister, healthism. It's the idea that good health is both a personal responsibility and a moral obligation. And it's a a term that... A political scientist, Robert Crawford, Ph.D. He he wrote about in 1980 in an article for the International Journal of Health Services called Healthism and Medicalization of Everyday Life. And he defines the term as the preoccupation with personal health as the primary focus for the definition and achievement of well-being and a goal which is attained primarily through the modification of lifestyle. He he writes further to say that for the healthist, the solution rests within the individual's determination to resist advertising, to resist institutional and environmental constraints, disease agents, or simply lazy or personal poor health habits. Yikes. This messaging that we are being given is extremely shameful and really dangerous there's also this term called ableism and ableism is the discrimination and social prejudice against people with disabilities or people who perceive themselves as being disabled and ableism characterizes people as they are defined by their disabilities and it also classifies disabled people as people who are inferior to non-disabled people. So there is an inherent discrimination and oppression against people who classify themselves as disabled. And this can be both seen and unseen. So it could it could be a disability where, for example, someone might be in a wheelchair. This could ableism um, is there also can be some discrimination against people who are not neurotypical. So neurodivergent divergent individuals. So, how does wellness culture, diet culture, and ableism, and other systems of oppression? how does this how do they all intersect? Well, wellness culture's focus on individual habits is uniquely ableist. Healthism, is it, this framing of well-being as a, it's a series of correct choices that we have to make that per, it perpetuates the idea that if you're ill, you're making the incorrect choices but we're what we're finding in the data is that it doesn't support this philosophy is that you know if you are if you're making the wrong choices then you are something is wrong with you and the data does not support this philosophy so when we are looking into the research on a population level the health outcomes we see that about 10 percent of modifiable risk factors are attributed to diet and exercise 70 percent are attributed to social determinants of health, which are the conditions in which you live, your socioeconomic status, your food security, discrimination in which you may experience, job security, and things like that. So you can see 70% of that. And then the other 20% are individual behaviors like avoiding smoking and safe sexual practices. And also genetics does play a significant role as well in that. A lot of people have genetic conditions that they... Are always going to have no matter what they did so the reality is that not everything can be healed it is very harmful psychologically to preach not only that it can but that it's an individual's fault that they remain unwell this is a narrative that health is in our full control we that we are fully in control of our health when actually when a lot of health conditions and disabilities are not in our control. And this puts a lot of pressure on people and can make them feel really guilty and shameful if they're not able to become this perfect, best, healthiest version that everyone says that they should become. It implies that they're not trying hard enough to get better, they have to do more. And it's just such a a super hyper focused on, on the individual on the individual control over well-being, and it discounts the systemic causes of poor health. American systems are not well positioned to help everyone in need, just to be honest, but they can make life especially difficult for those who are living with disabilities. So it's it's not helping those who really need the help, and we're putting this pressure and this idealized vision of what health looks like when we're, we're actually just perpetuating the problem because it first off it's unattainable and the systems that are in place are actually not positioned to help those who are in need and then this kind of goes into this di- the discussion around this narrative of curing or f- fixing people and this is a this is a big issue because this the messaging around wellness culture, diet culture, it says that we need to f- be fixed or be cured. And this also can be really damaging to individuals who don't fit into this idealized standard of wellness and, and can lead to a lot of shame and further harm to mental health. And the reality is is not everyone can be cured. And that doesn't make them any less valuable as a person. You can literally do everything right and still not be cured. So this current mech- messaging just perpetuates systems of oppression, such as ableism, healthism, racism, sexism, ageism, classism, sizeism. And these systems prioritize certain groups over others, creating this unequal playing field for those who do not fit into this idealized standard. So the idealized standard that wellness culture prioritizes is white, thin, cisgendered, heterosexual able-bodied, neurotypical individuals or those with disabilities perpetuating ableism and all these systems of oppression. It's important to recognize that people come in all shapes, all sizes, all abilities, and that everyone deserves access to resources and to, to support to improve their health and well-being regardless of their background or circumstances. So instead of focusing on curing people, it is important to approach wellness from a holistic perspective, taking into account the unique experiences and needs of each individual. This involves supporting people in finding their own path to wellness rather than trying to fit them in a mold. And we can move towards healing and feeling better, but we don't have to meet society's standards or getting better or being cured. And it is really it is really important that if you are working with a practitioner or a coach or a therapist that they are first and foremost trauma informed and also aware of the messaging that is being given and helping you work with what is truly what you truly need and helping you get the resources that you need. Because it's not all about, as we're finding today, it is not about willpower. It is about creating your own roadmap to wellness, and it mostly will not look like this standard. I, I don't, I don't think anybody can actually attain this standard of wellness that is being projected out at us, and with diet culture as well. If you decide to work with someone to help you improve your health, they have to be aware of the systemic issues at play and the current messaging at play and helping you find your own unique path to wellness and offering resources and working from, from that place. So how can we continue to move towards more inclusivity, more diversity, more equity and justice? Well, as we're learning today, the current wellness movement assumes that everyone is striving is striving for the same goal to the be the best healthiest version of themselves but actually you know some people are just trying to survive and what it means to live well and the goals of wellness need to expand to accommodate this reality this singular idealized image that i keep referring to is is of perfect health, and you can picture this person is what we've all been advertised, is somebody who's thin, somebody who's able-bodied, someone who is neurotypical, who is uber successful, who rides Peloton at 5 a.m. before working a full day, then comes home, feeds a nutritious meal, makes a healthy meal for the kids and for the family, talks them into bed, and then does a night routine and meditates and that that is the idealized version that we kind of have it must actually be replaced with individualized definitions of wellness that we can take into account the inevitable and unavoidable and often incurable health conditions a wellness goal for some people may just be to slightly improve their quality of life or to change their mindset even if it's just five percent that can significantly change someone's life for the better. And big leaps and bounds might not be realistic for everyone, and I would argue for most people. So there are different spectrums of wellness, and by including folks with disabilities in the wellness conversation is very important for the evolving wellness to better suit this community's needs. We have to create a version of wellness that better serves everyone that includes everyone. So take for instance, this emphasis on fitness and wellness culture that it places on you to push yourself to the limit. You know, there's different types of workouts that are just like go hard or go home. But actually when it comes to exercise, we're led to believe that you have to push yourself to these really, really hard places. But that approach could actually be really harmful for many with disabilities. For those who might have autoimmune conditions where those conditions can actually be exacerbated by physical stress because exercise is a type of stress to the body and for many people rest may be the healthiest wellness behavior that they could engage in but rarely does our culture of wellness emphasize or celebrate slowing down so shifting to the definition of wellness that is more accepting of ease and rest is really important and and would be beneficial not only for people with disabilities but to those who are overworked who are burnt out working in jobs that are pushing us to the limits and working hours and hours and hours and getting to the office and sitting at a computer and looking at a screen you know that can lead to a lot of burnout maybe more isn't better so i want to see disability being celebrated within wellness spaces. I want those with chronic illnesses to have a movement of their own that's about celebrating and not about changing. And also when we're healing our relationship with food, with health, with body image, we must address all of the systems at play and that impact us. And you can kind of think of the systems at play as a a circle and on the very outside of the circle there's the systemic issues a systemic trauma that is impacting us so that would include healthism ableism favor of the wealthy the patriarchy oppression sizeism racism war colonization these are all systemic issues systemic trauma that is put on us and then you can think the next circle in is the intergenerational system the intergenerational trauma which includes trauma from our, our our past family members our grandmas and grandpas and great grandmas and grandpas which they may have struggled with starvation violence immigration sudden loss a refugee survivors of combat and war disease and then the next circle in is developmental trauma, which we we might have experienced growing up, perhaps emotional neglect, misattunement, abuse, proper attention not given by caregivers, violence, loss, and then on the next level in, as a result of all these systems at play that are affecting us, well, we're going to show up in a certain way to help compensate for what has happened and the oppression that we are experiencing and the trauma that we have experienced so that could look like food restriction binging over dieting um, feeling chronically dysregulated and then finding ways to help manage that emotional dysregulation so we have to address that the this is happening and if we continue only to look at the individual approaches for this that you know that include healthism is places a lot of pressure on the individual to make a choice purely out of willpower if we're focusing only on that that is not going to get us anywhere we have to actually look at the whole picture and that whole picture looks at that we are ultimately shaped by these systems and we become these systems carrying out the dynamics over and over and over so when we are considering these systems at play in our wellness journeys our healing journeys we can start to see that it's it is bi-directional the system affects the individual and the individual affects the system so if we are doing our own healing work around food and body image and what what wellness actually looks like for us and we're doing this work with a practitioner who is trauma-informed and can help you create your own vision on what that looks like for you based off of your uniqueness. If we're doing this, it's important to remember that all of this, all of the trauma that we're experiencing, it is that of the collective. It is that of our grandparents and our great-grandparents. And all this is stored in our bodies in this moment and not in the past. And we do have to address these issues within us with help. But we also have to look at the systems at play. Like I said, it's bi-directional. It's not one or the other. And it's important to know that we, it, it is here within us collectively and individually. We, we do have the power to change this if we're looking at it from both sides. And if we're working with practitioners that can help us move forward with our unique wellness plan and practitioners that know this fairy tale expectation that wellness and diet culture wants us to live up to with it food and our bodies, it doesn't exist. And please remember that for yourself. This fairy tale expectation that wellness and diet culture wants us to live up to with food and our bodies, it doesn't exist. And we need to shift the focus from trying to cure people to a more holistic and individualized approach to health. And acknowledge that everyone deserves support and resources to improve their well-being, regardless of their background, regardless of their circumstances. This isn't a matter of personal responsibility. It is that of the community. So wellness, health, and the accessibility of that, it requires the intention for not only diversity, inclusion, but to go beyond into justice and equity. Well, thank you so much for listening to this discussion today. It is a a lot to pack into just 20 minutes and a lot more can be said. So thank you for sticking around and thank you for your attention. And we will see you on the next Healthy Bites podcast. Have a great day. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening today. If you're a Providence member and you'd like more information about your complimentary health coaching benefit, please visit ProvidenceHealthPlan.com slash We only take on a limited amount of members because it's so personalized, individualized, and tailored to your needs. So if you're interested, go ahead and visit that website today.